Such sights to show you. Bring the motherfucking ruckus! Fuck you too! We got those J I N G L E bells. Bells. Oh, bells. we got bells. those J I N G L E bells. Oh, we got those J I N G L E B E double L S. We got those jingle bells. All the way. BLT, BLT, put it in my belly. E, 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 e. Skeet, 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 skeet. Why are we here? What? Because it's fucking Christmas, bro. Oh friends. my god. It it's fucking Christmas, bro. It's goddamn. But. Fucking. But. Christmas. Oh, 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 oh. But, but I'm Jewish. I don't, I, oh. I don't celebrate Christmas. Oh. <laughs> what people don't know is we literally just finished recording the last episode, but for you, it's been two weeks. For us, it's been three months. And it's been five minutes. <laughs> One week minutes. since you looked at me. <laughs> and, and, and listen. Bare naked ladies. I gotta tell you, Dr. Death, I, I know how he died. It, it, it was too hot in his basement, and, and we had heat stroke. Wow. Wow. Okay, we're going to break that wall. We're going to break that wall right there. We're going to let them know. That we're in we're your dank, weed-filled basement. Is, you know what? You were just saying it, so let's, oh, no. let's get going. He, he's we're lighting up two. everybody. We're he's going to make it even hotter than he did. Part two, uh, very, very merry pastas, I think, 11. Oh, I think no. I think that's what we're doing. Is it 11? Is that how many we've done? Is yeah. that seriously how many we've done so together? So years. No, it's not been 11 years. We, we doubled up. We doubled up a couple years. We also did like three episodes one year. That's true. Yeah, four, five, and six were all the Satan instead of Santa. For seven, it was just you and me. But then for eight and nine, we had ten Ron with us. And now it's ten. And ten and... 11 have been what I'm going to aptly call the spider story. Now, brief, brief recap for those who, unlike us, didn't just read the spider story. Take your pills and the spiders. That is a very apt and succinct uh, judgment of the first part of the series however i'm gonna just yeah sure, i'm gonna whatever. just elucidate on it a little bit yeah, more yeah, than that yeah sure, sure um sure. uh fun uh, oh, yeah. teen teen growing up says you know every year my parents make us drink this specific tea that's medicated right no. on christmas eve so that we can go to sleep you're wrong it's pills Oh, is it Ella that does the tea? tea. All right, fair enough. So uh, take the pills before you go to bed. And uh, this kid says, you know, on his 17th birthday, I'm surprised he actually got this far. Because I would have done it when I was like 12 or Uh 13 or something. I would have said, fuck those pills. Um, Because I don't even like taking pills. So now you're telling me to take pills? Like, nah, I'm not taking those fucking pills. I would have doubled up on them and taken a wild ride. You would have taken four pills. I would have taken, yeah. Yeah, you'd be, de- you'd be dead. <laughs> oh, no. I'd eternal sleep. I'd never wake up. But they never get me. <laughs> They're not going to get me now. Um, so here's the thing. 
when he stays awake, he witnesses across the street his neighbor getting pulled out of her chimney by what looks like spider-like creatures and then killed and then dragged off into the night. And apparently, they only take who's awake. So on Christmas, the parents in the entire town lie to their kids through various methods, telling them to take pills, telling them to drink tea, telling them to drink alcohol, whatever, to knock them the fuck out so that they don't get abducted by large Christmas spiders. Now, Christmas spiders have only been defined as red with four limbs. They don't have eight limbs. They're not actually that close to spiders. It's just, I think, the narrator's best option at this time to describe them as because they jump really high. They climb down chimneys. They drag things up and out. I think spider was just the first thing that popped into her mind, but uh, it is what it is. And they're unholy. They may or may not be going to church every Sunday, okay? Zero holes. They have no holes on their body. Baby Jesus is all I'm saying. So, when we realize this with the narrator, he tells his friends, his friends think he's full of shit, until on Halloween one day in Canada, they run into an old woman from the past who recognizes the drawing of the, the red Christmas spider. And her name is Rosie, and she's super cool, and she describes uh, losing her brother and then losing one of her kids to the Christmas spiders. So now she lives alone in a mansion that's, uh, that's like, decked out with security measures. So if you were to ask me, that's the house house to take. No, that was Max. That's the house to do your last stand in, so we'll see if we get there. Give me the ambient. Here's the question. Is Rosie going to survive this story? Roseanne Barr. Is Roseanne Barr going to survive this story? <laughs> Hell no. I think she's going to pull, like, a savior card and save the kids and let them take You think she's going to show up and say, get out of here? Get out of here. me, you son of a bitch. I'm ready. Fuck me, Spider-Man. <laughs> Fuck you, Spider-Man. Um... Yeah, no, there's there's a chance. There's a chance. Um I where where do you think the story's going to go? Cuz they're going to try to save the neighbors. Apparently some new neighbors come in that new de- that next uh December. Uh the kids decide to band together. They're going to try to save the neighbors because they assume that the the city is like sacrificing the neighbors so that the spiders have someone some bodies to take this year. Um what, think, what do you think is going to happen? I think... I'm here with Franz McBoohoo, by the way. Yeah. Where was my intro? Boop, 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 Franz. Great. There you go. Welcome to Lots of Possibles. This is episode... This is episode 270. We've been doing this way too long. We've been doing this too long. This is like the seventh year that we've been doing this. This is the 11th Christmas episode? Like what? Like what? The 11th Christmas episode that Frowns and I have done together? That's recorded on the internet? 11 too many. (laughs) (laughs) You and me both, pal. You and me both. All right, so... When are um, we doing the Jewish episodes? We got... got, We're not doing any mitzvahs for our good boys and quails. Believe it or not, genuinely, I looked 
for other creepypasta stories before I landed on this one. And part of me said, what if we found a Kwanzaa? What if we found a, a Hanukkah? I'd do it. I just couldn't find them. Someone somewhere out there listening to this, thinking about sitting down and, and putting pen to paper one day, write that Hanukkah Christmas, uh, Hanukkah haunted uh, spooky holiday story that you've been thinking about. Do yourself a good mitzvah. Do something real nice for all of the lots of podcasts yep. on the left. Yep. That's <laughs> thank you. That's that's our show, everyone. Thanks and for listening. You, and if you're vegetarian This is the, this is the outro. This you, is the outro of the I'm trying to do the outro music. I can't think I it's time to go. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, um, but yeah, make us a good, a good Hanukkah, Jewish, Hanukkah, Jewish uh, haunted story, haunted cr- Christmas, uh, holiday, spooky, spooky, spooky fiction. Because I, I, I don't get to pull out my nice voice every every now and then. And you mean I, like now? Yeah. So you, you, you mean like now and you know, like I, this episode I, 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 right I, I, now? I just like to use it sometimes. Okay. It's hot. All right, so um, we're gonna finish this one for you folks. We're gonna jump into this one pretty quick because we got carried away last time. Yeah, you know. We, um, he talking. he put me on a tangent about video games, oh, like he does, and it was talk. it was fun. It was a fun catch up. But now it's Christmas. You open your presents. What did you get this year? Weed. You oh wait, got, yeah, you got yeah. yourself weed. Here, so do a little do a little talk to them yeah, right before okay. I'm gonna change the song. I'm ready. Right. So this year. You woke up, you know, you bounded down the steps, you found that, uh, you found that nice box that you put under the tree yourself, because Santa's a lie, just like most things in life, and, uh, you open that box, and you find some of that nice green Christmas crumble, you know what I'm saying, that Christmas Mary J. Blige, and she's looking nice. She's looking real good, so you so you roll her up in a nice little blanket, and you you put her in your mouth, and you you light it, and then you smoke it, and you smoke it nice and thoroughly. You smoke it until New Year's. If I'm being honest, you don't just smoke you don't just smoke it so that you can get through the holiday with the rest of your family. You smoke it until New Year's. You need some of this every day for the next week. You need to, you need it in your system in order to get through this shit until you could fight with your friends at New Year's. And alienate yourself from others, okay? You need to you need to get it in your system because it's the only thing that's gonna help. It's the only thing that's gonna help right now. Right. Damn, you puffing that shit. Oh my god, that thing is low, homie. I got a I got a squeege. That's good. I got a squeegee I'm in there. Just, I, I, I just don't know all these weed terms, you know, a squeegee. I'm just making making stuff up, man. You yeah. know, it's all just music. It's all just jazz, yeah, it's all just baby. Live. It's all just it's jazz, just, baby. Just, so listen, um, this is uh, Lots of Pasta episode 270, because what's better than 269? <laughs> a million dollars in a brand new car. Yeah, I, 
can't help but agree with that. So this is episode 270. I'm here with Franz McBoo, who we're going to finish the story that we started two weeks ago oh, about Christmas spiders. And I didn't give you a, I didn't give you a pasta last time, but if you're vegetarian... I think you did, actually. I didn't. Like, sarcastically. No, if you're vegetarian, Christmas cookie pasta. Okay. Every year on Christmas Eve, my parents drug us, and I found out why. Hi. That's that's a, that's a fun. It's a fun title. Um, it's not as it doesn't grab me as much as uh, "Here Come the Christmas Spiders," but uh, we're still gonna read that story. It is the same story. It's my own title for this story. Um, I'm gonna let Frowns take it away. We are reading through. Rosie's journal where the last part had taken off. Uh, please don't actually read this in her old voice or we'll be here all night. But mostly, uh, if you'll notice, this is in the past. So she is younger at this point because the story does not take place in 1962. I got okay? you, homie. You ready? Do you, can I read the dates each time and then you come in with a, with a Rosie voice? December 2nd. 1960. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to do the same voice again, weren't you? No, I was... December 2nd, 1962. I was going to do a man's voice. That's fine. Like she I'm into it. Change. Okay. I came back. I said I'd never come back. But here I am. Dad's sick. The cancer has taken hold of him and mom said this might be his last Christmas. So I came back. Louder. Is that not picking up? No, I'm just saying louder. Okay. And faster. Shut up. <laughs> I'm being dramatic. <laughs> so I came back. And he said daddy's eyes just lit up when mom told him I was coming home for Christmas. It feels so strange being back. I almost forgot how wonderful this place feels when you're here. The snow, the happy faces, the way they decorate every street to the nines and put up that beautiful spruce tree in the town square. I have never figured out where they get such a big tree from. Standing beneath it, I feel like a little girl again. <laughs> December 10th, 1962. Mom invited Stuart Walsh over to bake cookies. Can you believe her, that slut? <laughs> that woman just does not know how to mind her own business. Suddenly she gets lightheaded and has to sit down, so I'm the one rolling out the cookie dough with him. I'm embarrassed for her, although I hate to admit it, and I will not tell her. It was nice to see him again. It's been years. He finally grew into his ears. December 24th, Christmas Eve, 1962. I'm having trouble breathing. All I can think of is what's to come. We hung up the stockings as usual, and I put up George's. Mom always makes us put up George's stocking. Every time I touch that thing, all I can think of is that night, and the way he screamed. I hate her. I hate her for making me do this. What if I wake up? I shouldn't have come back. Three years passed, December 12th, 1965. I'm so nervous. I, I don't know why I let that man convince me to stay in this town. I had my chance to leave. Now I'm here with a newborn and Christmas is coming. Mom gave me her recipe to put the baby to sleep. 
She said the physician suggested it when I was that age and it never failed her. God, am I really going to do this? December 26th, 1984, a whole 19 years later. John's dead. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. I failed him. I failed all my children. I should have never stayed in this horrid place. I should have made Stuart move with me back to Toronto. Every time he visited with me, he loved it. But that man has a sweet way of talking to me. Spun me a romantic story of raising our kids when we grew up. Small town values. What bullshit. I fell for the oldest trick in the book and now my son is gone. My baby, my sweet baby, my baby's gone. I'll never forgive myself for this as long as I live. A couple years later, June 28th, 1987. Well, I did it. Today I put my big girl panties on and I did it. No one wanted me there. I don't think anyone's wanted me in this town since John died. I'm a troublemaker because I talk about it. Kicked out of the Garden Society. Kicked out of the PTA. Well, they have to take me. I'm a tax-paying citizen. I'm owed my right to speak. So at today's town hall, I let everyone jaw on about their bake sales and their Canada Day plans. And then I stood up and I let them have it. Why do we allow our family to die on Christmas Eve? Diary, you should have seen the look on their faces. Stricken, the lot of them. I went down the line, listed the names of everyone in that room who had someone stolen on Christmas Eve, asked them how they liked their empty coffins. I even turned around and asked the mayor if he was willing to donate someone to the cause this year. After all, the town stands there and does nothing. The mayor's practically co-signing it. Oh, I was escorted out, but it was worth it. A couple years later, September 15th, 1990. Allison moved out today. She's starting a new life. After we dropped her off at the airport, we went straight to the hardware store. I wanted this done years ago, but Stuart wanted to wait until the kids were gone. So it didn't make them uncomfortable. Tonight he blocks up the chimney. Those soulless vultures will never step foot in this home again. December 25th, same year, 1990. It worked! Oh, the neighbors gave us the hairy eye when they saw Stuart hauling up cement to the roof, but he never stopped. If ever the town gossiped about us before, they did it double the time the moment we shut that hellhole up. Probably tripled when we barred the windows. Stuart's friend is a physician. We did it right, tested it for weeks figured out just how much we needed to inject to go to sleep quickly and not meet God. Sounds crazy, but you need a backup plan. Then on Christmas Eve, we drew the curtains and waited, and once the sound started, I turned into a teenager again. I shook so bad the bed vibrated. Stuart had to hold me in place. We heard them on the roof crowling around like the vermin they are. Then they tried the chimney. Oh. They scratched around like cats in the dirt. Then they just moved on, left. Later we heard the distant screams of someone not asleep. I don't know if we'll stay up every year, but I don't think I can handle hearing the poor souls as they take them. 
but I feel a sense of peace, knowing they won't come into my home ever again. One year later, January 18th, 1991. At this point, she has her sex change. We're pariahs now. Jesus. Well, 30 years off. Mostly me. 30 years off. Stuart still has his friends. No one wants to talk to me. They blame me for influencing him. Stuart stands up for me. (laughs) It's fine. Keep going. No one will say anything in front of him, but I hear it. Whispers. Gossip. We're selfish. Hurting the town. I don't see how that makes sense, but okay. The town already took too much from me. They can suffer. I won't play this game anymore. There were a dozen more entries. I wrote out the ones that seemed to be the most interesting. Rosie's husband died just a couple years later. With him gone, the only way to get any work done in her home was to hire someone outside of the town. No one said hello. No one visited. There were no casseroles when she was sick. No one to mow her lawn. Reading Rosie's diary, I learned just how cruel our town could be. We were probably the first people to visit her in years. I brought the notebook with me the next day when I dragged Ella out to the town square. I wanted to see the tree. The town still put up a gigantic tree every year. I'd stopped going, but my parents still dragged my sister through there every year. Honestly, everyone sort of dragged themselves there every year. The lighting of the tree was a pretty big event that was kicked off the whole Christmas season. People are jerks, Ella said, reading while we walked. It looks like the people left letters in her mail slot for years. That's how she got all this. No one would talk to her, but she was the only one they could tell. I elbowed her, and we both came to a halt, looking up at the heavily decorated Christmas tree just a few feet in front of us. How the hell did they manage to decorate that tree? It must have had a hundred ornaments on it. It's beautiful, she whispered in awe for a moment before her face fell. Christmas isn't the same, is it? I shook my head. No, it wasn't. It would never be the same again. I spotted a worker adjusting the garland on a light post nearby. Hey, the the, the tree looks awesome. The man beamed with pride. I could feel the bile rise in my throat. Where do you guys get such a huge tree? It's massive. Raleigh's Tree Farm, he announced with a grin. Best trees in the country. It didn't take long to Google Maps up the location of Raleigh's Tree Farm. Ella and I went to get Max. Greg wasn't talking to us and borrow his truck for the 45-minute drive out of town. The tree farm itself didn't seem like a regular farm so much as a big-ass forest surrounded by fence. A fading billboard with a chipmunk dressed as Santa announced our arrival. I guess that was Raleigh. Wait, stop, Ella said as we got out. She dug around in her bag before pulling out a wrapped bundle of sage and a lighter. My grandma gave me this. It's... I'm supposed to use it when I feel like the energy is off, and the uh, the energy is definitely off here. She lit the bundle until it smoked, then started to swirl it around herself before motioning me over. I paused, not really big on superstitions. Isn't that bad for your lungs? I asked. Ella looked at me like I was nuts. It probably wasn't a great argument, all considering. Max shoved me aside and held his arms out. Fuck, man. Ella's nan is like... 100% Native American. I'm like, trusting the old lady. Load me up. Max stood there relishing in his own spiritual experience until Ella pointed the lighter at me. Fine. 
I muttered, stepping forward and letting her blow the smoke on me. I don't even know why I balked. We were at the tree farm on the trail for truth about people stealing Christmas spiders. I probably needed to bathe in the stuff morning, noon, and night. After getting right, we walked around the outside of the fence, searching for a way in. The giant chipmunk hadn't indicated any business hours, so it didn't seem like it was the type of place people just went to buy a tree. I figured they must have wholesaled to those tree sellers you see in the parking lots. They were the spirit Halloween on of Christmas. That and Hickory Farms. Eventually, we found a gate. It was locked, with a big chain looped around it. I pulled on the lock. Oh, that's secure. Max scoffed, yanking on the chain. The chain was so long that if you tugged the gate far enough, you could just slide under through. We all made our way through and started to trudge through the many rows of trees. We trudged, threw a couple snowballs, laughed, joked, then trudged some more. We kept hiking through the trees, more trees and even more trees. Where are the big trees? Ella finally asked, saying what we were all thinking. We'd been walking through dozens of average-looking trees for the last 20 minutes with no giant ones in sight, not even a leftover stump. The tree farm was huge. If they grew giant trees like the one in our town square, I couldn't see it anywhere. All you could see were what looked like hundreds of normal trees packed with snow. There weren't any workers and no sign of an office. Fuck, Max broke our silence and chased it with what I can only describe as a shriek. Then he was gone. Ella and I packed, panicked. One minute, we were all turning and looking at the world of evergreen around us. The next, Max poofed. Hayden! Ella! We could hear him. Ella chased our footprints in the snow and started following his, stepping wide around each dragging footprint he had left behind. Max! she called, and I followed her. Max! I'm good! Suddenly, we saw his hand waving from the snow line. We got to the edge of a cliff. Well, kind of. Max had fallen off the edge of some sort of sharp hill, which luckily wasn't a drop to his death, just an awkward drop out of view. Ella crouched down and I peered over the edge. He'd fallen into a fluffy snow pile and was laughing awkwardly, red in the face. My grandma always says I need to look where I'm going more. I couldn't help but heave a big sigh of relief. And then Ella smacked me in the chest. Oh, Jesus, oh, why? She'd pulled her mitt off and was pointing. I followed her finger down to a huge clearing below. In the middle of it stood a giant spruce tree. It had to be 80 feet tall. Do they even grow that big? Uh, I wondered. Hey! Ella was over the edge. Max fell off and jumped down to the next one. I got down beside Max and helped him up before reluctantly starting to follow Ella down the steep hill. Eventually, we managed to scoot down the last part of our butts, but it was a cold, long climb, and I wasn't looking forward to going back up. Like, how do they get these trees out of here? Max asked before nearly walking straight into a massive construction out crane. Ella just groaned, and I shook my head. Beside the towering spruce was a wide stump left behind from one we assumed was the tree in our town square. I walked around it, counting my steps absently and watching Ella put her hand on it. It's warm. It's pulsing. You're damn right, baby. I joined her, putting both of my palms on the leftover wood, feeling the strange warmth emanating from it. And she was right, it was pulsing. I could feel the odd thwomp, thwomp, thwomp that felt like it came from somewhere deeper. You just 
You couldn't see it move, but you could feel it. Almost like a heartbeat. This one's warm too. Max was standing under the other tree, touching the bark. Maybe that's like, why there's no snow here? And we looked around, a perfect circle had formed around the tree and the stump going out maybe 20 feet. Despite the rest of the tree farm being packed with thick white stuff, the ground around the giant tree and its lost brother was damp and bare, even green in places. Only the very top of the tree itself seemed to have snow pillowed on its branches. Whoops. Max had been walking around the tree when he kicked something accidentally. Ella and I went over to check it out. Tucked beneath the tree on one side was a pile of oranges. I crouched down and picked one up. These were oranges, nuts, pomegranates, candy. Uh, guys, this is weird, right? Max held up an empty four liter jug of milk and we all stared at it. Who leaves an empty jug of milk in a tree farm of all places? I think we should leave, Ella said suddenly. She found the lid to the milk jug a few steps away and beside it was one of those bear-shaped squeeze bottles of honey. It was empty. Unlike the lid to the milk, the opening was in shreds. I don't want to be here after dark and we need to clean up. I never heard sounds. I never heard her sound so panicked before. I was confused, but I wasn't about to argue, and both Max and I helped her put the fruit and nuts back. We made the pile as neat as we could before we started climbing back up the hill. The climb absolutely sucked. Getting down had been easy. Getting back up was a nightmare. The snow was knee deep in some places, and we never knew where the ground was really. It took three of us dragging each other across the snow for a full hour to climb back up the main tree farm. By the time we crossed that final ledge, I felt my own sense of panic growing. I turn around and see nothing behind us, but that didn't stop it from feeling like something was just waiting for one of us to fall. I don't think we even stopped to catch our breath until we got in the truck and were driving away. Back in town, we stopped at Joe's place, a little diner with a clear view of the tree in the town square. Hey, welcome to Joe's place. I'm Joe. Sit down. Forget about it. Hey. Uh, hey. Hey, Peter. Peter. <laughs> Peter. We ordered burgers hey, and Peter. milkshakes. When Max got up to go to the bathroom, Ella pulled out Rosie's notebook. She flipped through until she found an empty page at the back, then pulled out a pen and started sketching. I watched her draw the billboard, the clearing, and the spot where the one tree stood and the one tree was missing. She drew the little pile of stuff Max had kicked over, making a diagram of every item, and then she drew something else. On the tree still standing. What's that? I asked, struggling to really eat my food. You didn't see that? She asked, and I shook my head while she frowned. That tree? was full of spider webs. I didn't sleep that night. Every time I felt like I was going to drift off, I'd feel like my skin was crawling, like a hundred little legs were brushing against me. It was all in my head, of course, and at some point I must have slept because I woke up with a jolt the next day. The idea that Greg told his parents about the whole drugged on Christmas Eve thing had us all freaked out. The only one good the only good thing was that no one really likes Greg's parents. I mean, they're not bad people, 
They're just really, really religious. The fire and brimstone kind. And it always seeps into every conversation. That's annoying. Yeah, so while we were worried that they might start sharing with our parents, they never seemed to. After the tree farm, we waited until his parents were definitely at work to go knock on his door. If we were going to take this on, we needed all of us together. Thankfully, we'd been friends since elementary school. We knew Greg. Anytime he got upset, he needed a couple days to stew, and then he was cool. So we filled him in on the tree farm, and he was eager to join us in the town square. We wanted a closer look at the tree. He sounds like a little soup. He sounds like a gotta, little soup. You gotta give him a couple days just to let him stew. I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> so my parents, um, my parents were right? He asked, sounding as shocked as we were. Kind of, I admitted with a shrug. I think so anyways. I mean, can you explain how Miss Alps has a store in the, has a store? called the Button Emporium for 20 years in this place? <laughs> I couldn't. No one bought that many buttons in this town. I think I saw my mother go there once. I'd have guessed that she was selling buttons online, but Miss Alps didn't even seem to own a computer. Okay, but have you ever seen anyone doing anything shady like that? It feels like we should be seeing people in robes around a bonfire. At midnight, you know, that kind of stuff. Real cult shit. We kind of do, though. Ella suggested as we came to the tree. What happens at the start of every December? Everyone comes out to worship the tree, I said, almost in a whisper. I thought about every Christmas I've been alive for. At the start of the December, at the start of December, the town decorated the tree and everyone got together for a big light up. Hundreds of people gathered to clap for it. People sang carols, passed around snacks. New parents introduced their babies to the tree like the fucking Lion King. I don't see anything. Ella announced, sounding disappointed as she made her way around the tree. Max had been checking too and shook his head. None of us found any spider webs. It was disappointing in a way. Um, guys? Gray called, waving an arm at us. Guys? He was tapping the notebook, looking like he'd seen a ghost. Okay, you guys remember when I had my goth face? Oh, we all remembered. Weren't you, like, really into, into Ozzy? You, like, carried a plastic bed around middle school? Was really weird for all of us. No. You, Regular voice. Yeah. You, like, carried a plastic bed around? Middle school was really weird for all of us, I guess. Greg rolled his eyes and shoved Max away. Yeah, yeah, well... I was really into witchcraft and shit then, you know. I wanted to piss off my parents. I got all these books on the occult, right? I actually read them. All of them. Most of it was, uh, really long and boring. Speed it up, man. Ella said, spinning her finger into the air, to which Greg shot her a dirty look. It's a, it's a, it's an action and a face that I, that I give frowns every episode, yeah, and, and he, and he also gives me a fuck you. And look. then I take that finger and shove it up my asshole. This, um, this stuff beneath the tree, this uh, is one hundred percent an offering. We all exchange looks. An offering. To fairies. He hissed with his eyes as wide as saucers. 
I couldn't help but burst out laughing. Fairies now? Oh god, I was going to be... I was going to graduate school and get shipped straight to the loony bin. I might as well buy the jacket now. Just to be clear, like, like Tinkerbell bullshit? I asked between chuckles. My little sister had dressed up as one for Halloween a couple of years ago. I thought it was cute. I couldn't imagine how I had any of it had anything to do with spiders, though. No, man. I mean, like, real fairies. Every country has their own stories, right? They call them the Fae, and they can be really fucked up. You know that pile of stuff, the milk and honey? That's classic. That's like the most basic shit you'd give. But now people were staring at Greg's arm waving, so we hustled away. Okay, so, so why would Rowley's be making offerings to fairies? I asked. To grow bigger trees? Nah, nah, man. That would be a waste. Nature spirits and shit would take care of the trees. He's not wrong. Ella mumbled already on her phone. Milk and honey is old school. It's the first thing they suggest if you want to appease them or make a deal. We all stopped. Deal? I asked. What kind of deal? The kind that, like, runs a button shop. Max pointed at the store we'd ended up in front of. Even though it was cold out, I felt beads of sweat dripping down my back. The Button Emporium, my mother's flower shop. Ella's mom was a real estate agent in town that, frankly, didn't have a lot of buying and selling going on. Most of the houses that were empty were uh, rentals owned by the town itself. The more I looked around and thought about it, the more funhouse vibes it gave off. You leave the offerings wherever the Fae are said to live, like gardens or fairy circles. She read aloud and then blanched. 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 She then, then blanched. I thought about the circle of melted snow surrounding the spot where the two giant trees grew. That definitely had to be a fairy circle. Plus the trees were just weird, warm and humming. The trees. I spun around and started jogging back to town square. In that moment, it was like the whole world faded around me. I could hear my friends calling me, but it was warped, like the sound that came from underwater. All I could think of, all I could see, was that towering Christmas tree. It glittered under the weight of hundreds of ornaments, garland, and tinsel. I pushed past the people as I made my way right to the tree, digging in my pocket for the one thing I knew that could solve all of this. Fire. In one smooth move, I flicked open my lighter and held it to the tree's glistening branches. I could hear screaming behind me, people shrieking for help. I held fast, plunging the flame into the tree. I held out as long as I could before a security guard body slammed me to the ground <laughs> yeah it was embarrassing being picked up by my dad at the police station later that day even worse was listening to my dad and Ella's chief of police father having a heart-to-heart -heart. then I had to watch him shake his head sadly at me as he unlocked the holding cell the drive home was pure suffering lectures about what it means to be a man <laughs> about how community is important please about how I needed to set a good example for my sister. We got home and I heard everything again from my mother. Then I was sent to bed. I shut my door, put my headphones in. I didn't want to listen to them debate about what to do with me. I felt sick enough as it was. All I could think about was the tree. I didn't, it didn't even get hot. 
it was like the flame just bent around it. My parents wouldn't take their eyes off me for days, and the closer it got to Christmas, the more freaked out I got. I didn't even have Rosie's notebook. Greg had been reading it when I went to burn down the tree. I had no phone. My dad blocked all social media off our router. All I could do was hang out with my sister and be festive. At least that's what they thought. I did on my computer. I was supposed to do some school project during winter break, but I spent the time doing more research. I used a VPN to email anything I found to my friends. All I remember doing during like winter break was like you had to like read a couple books, Something like read, that. write a couple papers. You had to do that during the summer too. Like how shitty that the school was just like read read a fucking book about nature while you're trying to enjoy your time on vacation. Yeah, and now uh, and come back and I'll grade a paper about it and it'll it'll stand for twenty five percent of your grade because that's that's teaching nowadays. No, nowadays is. Nowadays it's even worse. Oh my god. Yeah. GPT my entire SATs. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, brother. <laughs> I started to dig into the newspaper again. Rosie had said that the town hated her for closing up their fireplace. And then ordinance had been put in place against it. She was right. The newspaper published minutes from the town's meetings. Several families had closed up their fireplaces after the Walshs had. It was a big fucking deal at the time. Even worse, in 1992, the town had an economic collapse. The mill shut down, and several families lost their jobs. So, when the Fae don't feed, the town isn't as lucky. The town doesn't get to, uh, you know, collect their crop. You mm -hmm. gotta, You gotta be willing to sacrifice some things to the Fae to have their positive magic influence your life and your surroundings. It's it's pretty classic now that I know that the Fae are involved. Yeah. And hon honestly, if if they really are kind of like little human-y creatures with their it limbs, makes sense that they're flying it down. would be sense that, well, just that they're Fae, really. Yeah. In 1993, the mayor decreed that a working fireplace was required for all new houses and that any changes to existing fireplaces and their chimneys was a violation of the town's heritage status. The town even offered free renovations for anyone willing to open their chimneys again. More insidious than that was that when the town started a campaign to have new families move to the area, the mayor had hired some big city design firms to handle it. If we were right, Someone had made a deal ages ago for the success of this town. The rules were pretty simple, and the consequences severe. When I looked up obituaries from Christmas 1991, there weren't any. So the Fae, or whatever they are, never got their sacrifices that year. That mill never reopened, ever. To this day, the building is abandoned. Kids don't even go out there to drink. It was no wonder why the mayor went out all out to try and fix it. When I finally got my phone back, we were just a couple of days away from Christmas Eve. Ella convinced my parents to let me go over to her house, using her father's status as a police officer as part of her good influence strategy. It worked. My dad dropped me off at her house, and after an awkward hello with her parents, Ella dragged me down to the basement. I'm here to fuck your daughter. daughter? All right, come okay. on in. <laughs> yeah, come on in, son. Merry Christmas. Don't get her pregnant. So what's the plan? I asked once the door shut behind us. I was itching to finalize our attack strategy. Last supper. All right, Judas. You, you want me to take over? Yes, please. 
I looked around, Greg and Max were already there, waving from the couch. In front of them were a stack of pizzas and a PS4 hooked up to the TV. Ella saw the look on my face and elbowed me, nudging me down the stairs. I sat down, looking around and wondering why it felt so casual. Drink up, she announced, plunking down a case of pop on the table. Uh, Ella, can't we just, uh, pour one out, you know, for the homies? <laughs> Greg asked, staring at the bottle of Coke. It was a glass bottle, and there were a lot of them. I said drink, she ordered, grabbing one and opening it. We all quickly followed her lead. After I got a slice of pizza in my hand, Greg opened up the notebook and spread out a map of the city. He pointed at the town square. A tiny drawing of the tree had been added in green marker. That tree? That's their totem. Or something. We think it's connected to uh, the other tree in the circle. It's like a gateway that lets the spiders come through. Ellis sat there, chugging an entire bottle of Coke before wiping her mouth and grabbing a bucket of rags and tossing it into the middle of the table. The tree didn't burn, right? It's probably protected by some kind of magic. So we take out the spiders instead. They're like worker bees. They have to be weak once they're outside of the nest. We lure them in here. She tapped the map with some scissors before starting to cut the rags into strips. The Smith's house? I asked, realizing where they'd mark the next spot. It's empty. No one's rented it yet. I can get the keys off the realtor lockbox. Max is going to set up his sound system inside. Those things go by to see if anyone's awake, right? In nature, spiders use vibration to hunt. That's got to be how those things know who's awake. So we lure them in. We gas the house. We light it on fire. Boom, dead spiders. I sat back and ate, thinking about the possibility of it all working. I was thinking about what would happen to our little town to the last time no one was taken when the mill was shut down. It destroyed lives. I'm not stupid. I listen when my dad watches the news. The world economy kind of sucks right now, and a lot of people would kill to be in our situation. We were basically dooming everyone in our town if we did this. If we do this, our lives are never going to be the same. Our parents will all probably lose their jobs. I know, Ella said after a moment of silence. She sat back and looked around at the trophies that dotted the walls. I'm probably going to lose my scholarship. She had already been pre-accepted to a university on a sports scholarship that, frankly, she had never even applied to. My dad's radio repair shop wouldn't survive. Max was already planning to blow a thousand of dollars on speakers. Max shrugged, opening another bottle of pop. But, like, it's not like it's ours, right? It's fake. It's always been fake. Greg nodded his agreement, looking equally solemn. We all felt the weight of what we were about to do. We tried to talk to the millers. It didn't work. They called the cops on us. Something about hazing? But when we were there, we saw their kids. They were all, like, under six. What if one of their kids is taken? Or the parents? And whoever's left has to look after three kids. Is my scholarship worth someone else's life? Ella shook her head. I thought about it. It's all just bribes. Everything we have is bribes, so we look away. I I don't want to look away anymore. Whoever we're feeding needs to go hungry. I grabbed another bottle of pop and picked up a rag and some scissors. Ella was right. Rosie was right. I had been right. We had to do this. 
By the way, what's all this for? I asked, wondering why we were cutting up scraps and guzzling coke. Mmm, Maltov. Greg answered with a grin. Christmas Eve came, and that's when I posted the first part of the story. I hit submit, packed the backpack full of everything I needed for the night, sat down to wait. It was probably the worst I'd ever felt on Christmas Eve. Every step in the same weird ritual my family does every year put me closer to the big event, and I had to pretend to enjoy it. My parents were already edgy, so were my friend's parents. After the harassment episode with the Millers, we all had to play it cool, so I choked down dinner, put on New Year's pajamas, candy cane reindeer, if you're wondering, and I sat down to everyone's favorite movie, mm. It's a Wonderful Life. Then after quarter past eight, we all took our magic pills, and just like last year, I saved mine to spit it in the toilet. I went to bed, my jeans riding up under the pajamas. When I finally heard snoring, I checked my parents' and sisters' rooms before taking off my PJs and grabbing my bag. Then I booked it, only pausing just for a moment to stick a couple of those fire pokers straight up the chimney. The first thing I, I did was steal the key from a realtor box on the Smith's house. We'd already dropped off all of Max's equipment and set it up. We set up the speakers, lugged in jugs of gasoline, and set up whatever traps we could. Half the house was a death, was a death trap by Christmas Eve. One wrong step and you were liable to have a bucket of knives drop down on you. There were even ball bearings set to explode from corners. We really didn't want to take any chances when it came to killing the spiders. Max got there first, getting to work on finishing any wiring and starting the process of stringing the extensions across the street to my house. Greg and Ella followed after. They brought the fire, lugging in a cooler filled with Molotovs just ready to light. Ella had her baseball bat and Greg, well, Greg, What's that? I asked, staring at the thing he had strapped to his back. This my dad's nail gun. He beamed, whipping it around so I could take a better look at it. Fairies don't like iron, right? I got the cheapest nails I could find. I, I made sure they were all rusty, too. It sounded like a good idea, oh, God, at least. <laughs> I'm going to give the, the fucking fairies lockjaw. Next, we tested the sound system. Max operated things from across the street in my living room. Somehow, I picked the short straw and had to stand in the house, walkie in hand. Okay, get ready! Guys, I fucking hit the deck. It sounded like a gunshot right next to me. I swear the whole house rattled off its frame when the music hit. Nope, sounds crackly. The walkie gargled out. Crackly? I crawled to my feet and watched as Max scampered across the snow to tweak a little something in the speakers. What the hell was that? My super mix. I worked on it for days. After Max was happy, we drenched the house in gasoline, scarves over our mouths as the stench filled the air and made us all lightheaded. Then we waited. We went back to my house, checked the time, and sat around waiting. Ella laughed at the people calling me out for hating It's a Wonderful Life. We all agreed we wished the military would get involved. Then we just sort of settled down in the grim silence, listening. It took another hour before the first signs of life appeared. Ella noticed at first, pointing out the window and peering down the street. The first of the creatures were making their way to the rooftops on our street. I lived just a few blocks away from the town square, so we figured they would hit my block early. The Millers lived way farther out. If we could lure them all in before they even got out there, then no one would have to die at the Millers. We held out for a few painful minutes, watching the spiders file across the roofs. They went in groups of three, just like Rosie said, it was terrifying, and although I'd seen them before, it was the expressions reflected on the faces of my friends that added to my fear. 
I think they were all still hoping that I was crazy. I was too. Deep inside me, I hoped that we'd all just sort of made it up. Max, Greg whispered while we all sat there in slack-jawed awe. Max, no! He hissed and Max suddenly came to life, stuttering a little as he moved to his controls. A couple dials turned and a finger on the start button and the Smith's house came to life. It was crazy. The whole town was dead silent except for us. I was amazed the windows didn't break, it was that loud. I sat there holding my breath as the bass vibrated the whole block. For a moment, the spiders didn't seem to notice anything. They dropped into the chimneys per usual, then suddenly it was like the reverberations hit. Like one mass migration, they all started to move. Have you ever seen those horrible videos of someone poking a daddy long legs nest? It was like that, only red. Uh. It's working! They were all hopping down the chimney, almost fighting each other to be the first in. Creature after creature poured to the house. Ella, you're up, Max said, passing her a bottle and a lighter. Greatest pitcher in the province, right? She nodded, lighting up the homemade Molotov and then sneaking out the front door. By now, the house had to be bursting. We couldn't see any spiders out of it. She threw the bottle with all she had and smashed through the front room window. We'd soaked the place with so much gasoline and kindling that the place went up like a match. We stood outside my house, listening to Max's music mix at concert volume, and watched the spiders try to escape the trap. We could hear explosions going on from inside the house. For a moment, we stood there, cheered. It felt like we'd beaten whatever fucked up enemy we were battling. The spiders that crawled out of the place collapsed and fizzled beneath flames. The tree might not have been flammable, but they sure were. Just as we started to debate on how we were going to explain the mess, Ella smacked me hard in the chest again. Look, she yelped. There were more spiders coming, fresh spiders, new spiders, pouring out of the town square and coming straight for us. Run! We drove, we dove into Max's truck and he peeled away on a frosty road, driving blindly in the opposite direction. Where do we go? He shouted. Rosie's house. I fucking knew they were going back. I yelled back, staring at the back window at the red wave crawling after us. Feisty! They were way faster than he expected a four-legged spider to be. Oh, Oh God. Oh God, 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 oh God. Oh God. Oh boy. Oh Greg chanted, head in his hands. We drove as fast as we could, grateful that the rest of the town seemed to be asleep. What if she's not up? Ella cried. She's awake. She she has to be. There was no doubt in my mind that Rosie was awake. We just about took her fence off when we pulled up in front of her house, Max running up the door and banging on it frantically, while Ella, Greg, and I tried to drag our things out of his truck. Get the cooler, she shrieked, and we all started screaming and hollering for Rosie to let us in. It was like time stood still for a moment. An ocean of furious creatures were closing in on us from one side, and the only safe place we knew was closed just inches from our faces. Rosie! Jesus, someone look for a fake rack! Max was whipping apart her garden when the door finally opened and one Rosalie Walsh looked at us like we were dancing heads. What in God's name are you kids doing here? She cried, then stopped, peeked past us, and started hauling us inside. She slammed the door behind us, locking every lock and chain she had on the door, then bracing it. We got inside just in time. It was like a storm hit her house. The sound of a dozen spiders landing on it at once, sounding like an avalanche of hail. Idiots, you idiots, what did you do? 
she cried. Uh, we stood there, listening to what sounded like hundreds of angry reindeer on the roof. We, th we thought we'd kill the spiders. Okay. Rosie wrapped her robe tighter around her body, Roger. staring at the ceiling. Triple double D. Then she slowly looked at each of us. Max let out an awkward laugh, and Greg just ran to the bathroom. The woman closed her eyes, shaking her head, as the sounds of scratching started in the chimney. Damn stupid fucking kids! She muttered. Are we going to die? Asked Max. Only if you talk too much. She spat, going to a cabinet in the living room. I don't know if this house can withstand all of them. She opened the cabinet, revealing an armory of guns. You kids know how to shoot. Take a weapon, and you better start praying. I've never seen this before. Should have known, though, when you came bothering me. Well, now's as good as time as any to take a stand. She passed out guns, then went to her bedroom for a shotgun. Just sit tight and... The sound of smashing glass... The sound of smashing glass silenced all of us. Greg's screams followed and we all ran out into the living room. We found Rosie standing in the hallway, staring at the remains of a small boarded-up window in the bathroom. Glass shards, splatters of blood laid on the floor. The boss fell off a few years ago, she whispered, sounding haunted. Couldn't get someone out to fix it. We were all in shock, and so was she, but the sounds of Greg's screaming snapped us out of it. Not again, she shouted suddenly, and moved faster than I honestly expected a woman in her 80s could. Before we could even help her, she pried open, she pried down the steps to the attic that was making her way. Get the bucket, she ordered. And Ella looked around, spotting a heavy Home Depot bucket in the hall and grabbing it. She carried it after Rosie while Max and I carried the cooler of Molotovs. We reached the roof just as Rosie had fired off her first shot, clipping a spider in the leg. Greg was already a house away, being dragged by a group of them across the snow and Christmas lights. That's right, you little nasty pieces of shit! Rosie cried, ripping the roof. Ripping, ripping, off the, top. <laughs> ripping the top off the bucket. It was filled with bullets. You're not taking any more on my watch. Come and get it. Ella shoved the gun she'd taken into my hands and opened the cooler. Max, start lighting, she shouted, then took the first Molotov and tossed it as hard as she could. It hit one of the spiders carrying Greg square in the body. The screech it let out burned my ears, but it dropped him. The others struggled to balance his weight, and Greg rolled off the roof into the bushes below. Suddenly, it was all out war. I can't really say how long we were up on that roof. It felt like hours, maybe days, but with how late it was, I think it was not that long at all. Usually I wasn't so much of a bug squasher, but that night it was all I could do to keep firing off shots. It felt like they were never ending. Luckily, they were incredibly flat, fragile. Ella rained down literal fire behind Greg as he made his way to safety and the rest of us kept the spiders at bay on the roof. There were close calls. We all have weird scars that I don't think we're ever, will ever go away, but we made it. The battle ended just as fast as it seemed to start. One minute we were watching those strange four-legged nightmares curling up into balls and falling to the ground, and the next, they all just seemed to crumble away. 
We were all stunned. The onslaught had just kept coming, wave after wave, and now they were dust in the wind. What time is it? Rosie asked, and I fumbled for my phone. 12.01. I answered. Jesus. Then really thought about that. It was after midnight. Technically, it was Christmas morning now. Are, are they gone? We all hesitated, looking around at our quiet town before putting down our weapons. Rosie just shook her head, suddenly looking drained, and stepped back into the attic. And for a moment, I felt a burst of exhausted excitement bubble up inside of me. I could tell my friends felt it, too. Max let out a, sm a small, soft woo and pumped his fist while Ella punched me in the arm. More like woof. We grabbed the last of our supplies and made our way down through Rosie's house, talking the whole way. It was that nervous, excited chatter you did when something big had just happened. We were all tired. It was late. We still had so much to clean up, but we had defeated the spiders. And from the way they came at us, I doubted they had managed to divert any resources into stealing someone. It felt like we had actually managed to protect the town. Downstairs, Ella was putting the bucket back where she found it and helping Max to put the guns away, all while telling Rosie about how badass she was. We were gibbering at the woman all at once, at least until Ella made a noise that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. I looked over at her, crouched beside Rosie's recliner. I think she's dead, she whispered, put her fingers to her neck. We all rushed over to check. We felt for a pulse, put Ella's compact beneath her nose, and tried CPR, but she was gone. Maybe she had a heart attack, Max suggested as we all wiped away tears. What do we do? I grabbed the Afghan off the back of her chair and wrapped it around her, and then I set her favorite gun in that magazine pouch just as the way she always had it. We cleaned up the glass and made sure the attic was locked, then we picked up her phone and dialed 911. No one would be coming anytime soon, but... We had to hope that the call would be logged somewhere and it would happen. I made sure we grabbed Rosie's box of stuff before we left. Rosie had spent most of her life battling the nightmare that plagued our town. I didn't want all her efforts to disappear. We had inherited it now, after all. It might have been Christmas morning, but it was just so early that everyone but us was still asleep. And after the battle we just had, it was amazingly peaceful to just walk down the street knowing we had the whole place to ourselves. Of course, the, force, the first place we went was to see the tree in Town Square. I couldn't help but feel nervous walking up to it. We hadn't directly seen it, but were pretty sure the spiders had come from the tree. So when we walked up and saw the formerly green tree had turned brown, we were elated. The tree looked like the crappy trees people threw out at the end of the season ornaments had started to fall off. Even as we stood there, a few bobbles hit the ground and broke. We also noticed that we couldn't hear Max's music playing anymore and made our way back to my house. The one thing I'm thankful for is that it snowed incredibly heavy. We always have snow on Christmas, but the weather this year was crazy. With how overboard we went on the gasoline, we were lucky the weather was so bad that the massive fire at the Smith's house didn't spread. Instead, it was one big, black, smoky, smoldering mess when we returned. We cleaned up the cables still connected to my house, shoved Max's leftover equipment into his truck, and said goodbye. Max took Greg and Ella home, and I went upstairs to go to sleep. This year, I woke up on Christmas feeling happy. 
when I look outside the Smith's house, I feel relieved. I played the What Did Santa Bring Us game with my sister and watched her dive into her presence while our parents stood at the window, frozen, staring outside at the mess across the street. It didn't take long for the gossip train to run, and as we were eating this year's slightly burned feast of cinnamon buns and eggs benedict, my mother sat there in shock listening to one of her friends talk about the tree going brown. I heard my parents talking about it in hushed whispers, and for once the local police actually came to visit the house across the street. It's been a few days since Christmas Eve. I've slept a lot, trying to use up what winter vacation I have left to catch up on the year of bad sleep. I've made notes of my own in Rosie's notebook, organized the box, and wrote out everything that you see here. Ella checked on Rosie's place and said a neighbor told her that the paramedics came and broke down the door. We expect to see her kids coming into town any day now. And as for the town itself, things are... strange. People panicked when they saw that the tree went brown. I mean full-scale weeping in public panicked. The mayor's office tried to declare a state of emergency, but when we pushed for why, he had to roll it back. Yesterday, my mother received a call canceling this year New Year's Eve party, flower order, budget cuts. Honestly, I wish I could say that I feel like this is the end, but Greg made a really good point when we all talked after Christmas. There's still another tree standing back at Raleigh's tree farm. I think we're going to have to find a way to destroy it. I just don't know when or how. Plus, I'm certain we've pissed something off. Something or someone on the other side of that circle is going hungry this year. And for now, though, I'm just going to stay home and sleep. I don't think I could deal with any more crazy spiders this year. I actually got sad when Rosie died. Yeah. I actually got sad. I feel like... Bitch had some spunk. It reminds me of uh, when the old chick goes out at the end of Mad Max Fury Road. You're kind of like, damn, she got this far in life and went out to a stray bullet. I just feel like everything that happened after that sucked. I feel like it was rushed, don't you? Like, no, no more clarification it was on It was fairies. absolutely rushed. It was no. absolutely rushed. But, but the only reason I say that it was absolutely rushed is because I felt, I felt like Game of Thrones where we're all working up to this big fight and then the fight's over in literally an hour and, like, they all miraculously survived and these things were surprisingly easy to kill. Like, what happened to all the fear? What happened to all the... What happened to all the bullshit about, like, three of them taking a single person? Like, you're telling me hundreds of them were crawling up the side of this house and you guys were just fucking Vietnam? Just fucking Inda Kong? You know, you know what it made me think of? Uh, Inda Stranger Things 4. It absolutely does. That's what well, I mean, do. I would have even said... Um, I would have even said season two when they're up against the demodogs and the dogs are just like all over the oh, yeah. the bus and shit. And it's like they're totally fucked, but someone calls them off. It's just like, yeah, it's kind of like the bats in season four. It's just they, they almost kill Steve. They do kill Eddie, but to no one else are they a threat like uh Nancy like kicks one you know like 
it's fine. It's fine. It it has to have its it has to have its kind of inexperienced author moments. Mm-hmm. Like this is just a dude on no sleep after all. Like you know, I'm not I'm not drawing my line in the sand and judging the entire story on how it ended. I actually really like how it ended. I just think it was very succinct in how it ended. There there was a lot of room for interpretation, a lot of more that it could have been said. Um, I was glad that I was right about them going back to Rosie's house and her kind of getting a send off. Yeah. I didn't I didn't think that was going to happen with how the page count was coming down. But then, like, we found ourselves at Rosie's house literally on, like, the last three pages. And I was like, yeah, this is happening. Yeah. Um, But literally, like, fight ends. They go to sleep. No mention of Faye. No mention of nothing. Like, you don't see, like, economic decline. Oh, no, the economic decline was implied. It was implied. Yeah, but I mean, they, like, fucked a lot of shit up. I mean, I think... The decline isn't going to be felt in 12 hours. It's going to be felt over the entire next year. The fact that they even got a call to cancel the New Year's flowers is actually kind of a big deal, if you think about it, in the scope of the, yeah. the major timeline. Like, um, here, here's my, here's my like, actual thought. I, I liked it a lot. It still very much moves with the pace of, like, watching, I don't know, like, Fright Night. Mm-hmm. where you're like, there's a vampire living next door, and everyone's like, you're a liar. And then you, like, prove it, and then the rest of the movie is just like, how do we kill this vampire, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of how I felt about this. It's like, Christmas spiders, crazy Christmas spiders. And then it's like, they don't exist. They exist. Let's fight them they to the death. Dead. It's over. It's over. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? it? Christmas <laughs> is over. Isn't it? Um, what did What did you think, Franz? Uh, just big letdown at the end. Big letdown. Big but, letdown. Uh, yeah, just I it's wanted. Not a small letdown. I wanted more. I wanted like there to be some like evil twist or something like. Well, that yeah, that's also a very good point. I I'm surprised at the lack of description. For these things they are still to this day called Christmas spiders you know, that's it you know what I would have loved I, would I wanted have, to hear about their facial expressions their bodies how their hands looked I would have loved if they fought off all the spiders he gets home wake up his sister's gone I honestly was expecting something like that yeah like they were so pissed they were so, they were so um Taken off of the target that the, uh, they just started to break into, maybe they followed the wires back to the house, broke into the house and just fucking took someone anyway. Like they knew, well, they, you know, I like was it breaks, say like, like it breaks the rules, like have it break the rules well, to give us a twist. They're fae, they're smart, right? So like right. they, they know yeah, they he told the friends, yeah. like he, they knew that he, he was like the start of all of the, the kindling. So like just to slight him take the sister I'm even saying just based on them maybe following the wires of the sound system back to his house and yeah. then maybe they pry open the uh, the door or the window or whatever 
the what whatever was used to get the wires spread all the way over there you know you you have them break in that way and then you completely go topsy-turvy with it you know you just you just say someone in your family is missing you know make it like really break the rules so that we're left with this kind of what the fuck just happened kind of ending yeah it's not enough that just Rosie dies. Like, Rosie is kind of an expected casualty. She really is that legacy character that's one note that's just there to play a purpose, just there to be, you know, plot, yeah. basically. So, like, that's fine. I'm I'm into that. I'm all about that. But I really did expect at least, like, a little bit of um, the, new, the new house that moved in. Mm-hmm. They uh, they were all standing outside on Christmas Day looking really upset. I think our plan might have failed, you know, something like yeah. something like that. Like we had all we had all hoped that the plan was going to go off without a you know, without a single problem, and then and then we saw the new the new family as they looked solemnly at the brown tree without one of their youngest kids, you know. Yeah. That that could have been a hell of an ending too. I'm I'm not I don't hate how it ends. I'm not I'm not sitting here, you know, armchair critics saying I could have done better. Um we're just coming from a a critical discussion standpoint where we're saying that the uh, the expectations previously left on us as the story was being told left us something wanting. It was still a good Christmas story. Yeah, so yeah. For for it to actually hit the vibes that I said when when we got into it, I said it was kind of like the mist, but with Christmas, and the mist is all about um, opening a window to the. Uh, I think the word is like, our our dash dimension or dash. Mm-hmm. The dash. R dash is that the right word? I forget. Um, the the dark dimension of Stephen King's universe, so that all of the the monsters from the void, you know, from beyond, come seeping through, and then very quickly the window closes and they they just go back through the mist, and back to their to their home. Um, very similar to the Fey, I think. In essence, we get we get a similar experience. And guess what? But in the mist, there are spiders. Remember? Yes. They shoot the acid silk. I do remember. And they take, oh they take over the pharmacy. That store scene and they, and they put all awful. the eggs. They put all the eggs into the in that guy. military police. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, we lose um, we lose a cool, a cool character in that scene. But you know, you do you do your best. To get through it, the the mist is cool. Hi, highly huge shout out to any any fans of Stephen King or Not anyone who hasn't the TV show. seen. Uh, no, the TV show sucks sucks no, a lot movie. of dick and really sucks a lot of cock. Uh, but the movie, Frank Darabont, Walking Dead, Shawshank Redemption, very good, very good director. Um, o s h a i g g l e my boss. Oh, I said J I G G L E. Oh, oh, 
Oh, and then I stick it up in my nose, turn around and show you where my hole goes, and J-I-G-G-L-E in his balls. Very um, good, Franz. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on by a thread. You did a good job there, Franz. Thanks. We made it, we made it all through the night. Uh, one holy night of Franz, he read a story, oh, and now he's done, and he's gonna spread his cheeks. Fall on your knees, and please suck on these. My balls, my balls, and then oh, the night I'm in your eyes, where frowns sucked balls. My anyway, pee-pee. No, we're, we're ending before we get to the big note. <laughs> my pee-pee. <laughs> this is what people my listen to us for. Very good, friends. Um, any final messages for the audience while they, uh, you know, open up their Christmas presents? You oh, know, setting, setting down with their new Christmas. If you're really opening this on Christmas Day with your presents instead of spending time with Someone your out there is. Someone out there is. Hey, if I have to drive for Christmas, someone else out there has to drive for Christmas. And if they're driving, you know what they're listening to? Or this is new to? Lots of pasta. Or... If you're vegetarian, uh, yep. <laughs> Santa sack pasta. Yeah, it sounds about right. It uh, cheese filled. Um, frowns, take these people into the new year. Give them their new year. Uh, Rezies. Rezies. What? What's? What's going on? Um. Give them. Give them to them. Slam them. Slim them down. My, what are my Rezies? No. What are you telling the people? What are you telling them? All right. What are, they're listening. Just, like, spend more time with the people you care about and be physically present. I think that's important. Because you never know when you might not see them again. When they might get snatched by an evil Christmas spider? By a Christmas spider. Yeah, man. I hope I go that way. And You're I just hope, thinking about it I now. Hope, You're just like, I oh, hope, fuck. And I hope I'm there to see it happen. <laughs> and then immediately take six to sleep as fast as I can. Hell yeah, brother. I'm going to light one up to that. You know what I'm saying? I'm actually going to shove the pills up my ass so they take quicker effect. I'm going to swallow three and shove three. And hopefully they meet in the middle. How'd he go down? The triple dog Denzel. The triple dog Denzel. Triple spider Denzel. Three in the stink. Three in the pink. pink. <laughs> R.I.P. France. <laughs> and meat sack getting slipped up the... Captain! Captain's oh, oh. meat sack. And the captain's meat sack being slipped up the chimney way. Daisy's just barking at it. Bad data Jane! Yeah, that dog is just barking. Bark, 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 bark. Take me to, take me up there. I want to be your reindeer. So here's here's my New Year's resolution. Um, for, yeah, for sure. everyone, Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, just 
be around the people you care about. <laughs> Fuck you. You know, really be around them. Don't just sit near them. Definitely don't fall asleep, like, watching a movie right next to them and start snoring really loudly. Don't just uh, call them bad words online. Actually mean it when you call them bad words. Actually say the bad words with feeling, with, with joie de vivre. And, you know, like I said earlier, uh, alienate yourself from others. Um, give up on your dreams. Um, this world is a lie and life is what you make it. The American dream is dead. Um, good thing the story took place in Canada, right? Yeah, man. The great white north. That holiday thing totally fucked with me, by the way. Why were they talking about fucking Halloween and, and Thanksgiving? Why wouldn't you lead with that? By the way, I'm in Canada, eh? Like, we could have had so much more fun with that. We I didn't know. figure it out until literally part two. We could have been doing, oh, I'm here in Canada, eh? Oh, give me the maple syrup, eh? Yeah. Get up my poop. <laughs> <laughs> you, really are, you really are a one-note. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. (laughs) These are my favorite parts to get frowns on. I'm looking to meet a quota. We got to go at least like another another minute. And I'm barely hanging on. It's uh, it's almost two o'clock in the morning. I've made him do this for the last like three or four hours. We're going on. We're going on hours. I'm all yeller. I'm foaming at the mouth. Take me out back. At the same point. But at the same point. He asked me what he wanted to do tonight, and I took him to the restaurant he wanted to go to, and we had a nice dinner, and then he asked for ice cream afterwards, so we ended up getting back here a little bit later than I would have liked, and uh, we started watching a movie, like, immediately when we got here. The movie was a little bit longer than I felt like it was going to be. So, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, it's it is a little my bit... Fault. It is a, It's a little bit later than I would like to think that I expected this happening on. So I'm sorry that it's I made you fault. do this with me it's on fucking fault. Christmas. My because, because you're my best friend, and I thought that we enjoyed doing this together, and I, and you know... No, next next time you're it's you're gonna be, you're gonna be somewhere else. I'm gonna have to record with you online. It's gonna suck. It's not gonna be nearly as good as being on the couch, doing the one and only, doing the thing we do that a couple people like. I could come here and next And by a year. couple people like, and by a couple people like, I really do mean that our 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 hits have been over uh, half a million. Our our full life. Our full life hits, it's over 500000 We need some monetization on this. Well, I'm getting money from it. Oh. But I also lose money from it because I still pay to put this out there. You're welcome, everyone, except for the Patreon subscribers. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Patreon subscribers. You need to do Here's a, a New Year's resolution. Bad dragon. Sign up for my Patreon and give me your money um, <laughs> before you kill yourself. <laughs> okay. Can't go into 2024 broke. Papa needs a new pair of jeans. <laughs> can we do a Papa pe- needs some more denim. Can we do a can we do a, a Levi's denim uh uh um <laughs> what's it called? <laughs> Sub sponsorship when we yeah, do last week. We're gonna months. get Levi's to sponsor us and we're finally gonna make more than like I don't know, ten dollars a month from it. I also, promise. I think I, promise. I think we need to partner with 
bad dragon because I buy because you need because you need some because yeah. you need some. I've got like four. I hate to break point. it to you, but I'm not looking to sponsorship just so you can get off. Please help. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you know what's funny? I haven't plugged I'm, my OnlyFans I was in so say, long. You know that we. You know what's a funny joke that's going on on the episodes that I'm listening to right now is your fans only page. Oh my god, guys has been lacking. OnlyFans kicked me if off. If I had known that the money was going to come back to us, you know, I would have promoted it more. They kicked me off because I was too hot. Can you believe this? <laughs> too hot for OnlyFans. So now I'm on just for fans. Okay? They, hated, they hated seeing all my cum everywhere. They, they hated seeing me talk about movies. Everywhere they looked, cum. And me coming on the movies. They didn't like it. They said, this they said, is... We liably can't get away <laughs> with this. This is copyrighted. They were like, you were a part of the big 2023 <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomato scandal. <laughs> and your reviews here... Your reviews of these movies before you come on them is just, frankly, it's too much. And we know you're getting paid And the lie. amounts of your semen is, frankly, also too much. And I was like... Okay. <laughs> I've never been... The look he gave didn't translate over, but it was very <laughs> surprising. It was with utter shock and amazement. So, just for fans, I'm, I'm, but, like, I'm gonna become, like, I, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make it work, because, listen, it's gonna be just for frowns. Oh. So I'm gonna do a hostile takeover. What about frowns takeover. only? Oh. No, that makes it sound like only you are allowed to go there. <laughs> well, yeah. No, we need to we listen everyone. Happy New Year's. Give us your money. Get, uh, sign up for subscribe. frowns. Sign up for frowns only. The frowns only page. It's where you can watch him do uh come. Just Yeah. It's there's one button on the screen and it says come. There's and all- no matter what time you you click it, a new video is going to come up and it's going to be him picking a different movie from his collection. Uh, and coming on it, even if he already did it. Um, There's also um, a couple times a month I eat ice cream, but it's like really melty and it gets all looks over like me. Yeah. And I'm I'm like trying so hard to keep it from falling on me, but yeah. it spills anyway. Yeah. And then I just sit Dribbles there looking. Down your def- chin. I sit there looking defeated. Shirt. It's on my tits. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're not wearing anything. Because I'm because well it gets on my shirt and I'm like. I guess I gotta take my shirt off, and then a big scoop falls down on my boobies, and then I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope hey, you're enjoying I this. Forgot I forgot what listening. holiday this was. I hope you're listening to this with your family. I hope your, I hope your wife is uh, a partner. Is a wife whoever they are. Uh, I hope they're there. They're not judging you. Um, oh, they're judging them. Real hard. You gotta let that shit go. You gotta let. You gotta wait until at least New Year's before you're gonna judge me. New twenty twenty four resolution. Yeah. Um, get judged. More. I'm the judge, jury, and executioner. I'm also the Joker, baby. <laughs> and uh, and I also simultaneously. I'm the Joker, baby. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Uh-huh. All and, of these are dated references. And I am also... Um, uh, God. I am uh, an American woman. I'm high. 
Stay away from me. I'm high. Mama, let me be. Don't Ain't come gonna in. gonna suck no dick no, no more. more. But you can still come in my back door. <laughs> I'm high. I'm a big old whore. Spread my shit all on the floor. <laughs> God damn it. Hey, I could buy. Hey, everyone. No, seriously. Seriously. I hope you had a nice 2023. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for getting this far, frankly. <sighs> uh, I, I never thought I'd be here still still doing the show after so many years. But we have so many people listening. So there's a reason to keep it going, I suppose. And have a great um, 2020 whore. We're, we're going to at least go till 300. I'm not taking a break this year. I'm taking, like... I'm, the 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 timing is just gonna keep going the way it's been going, which is meaning uh, episodes are gonna come out when I feel like it. <laughs> there is no schedule. Um, I find ways to make things work with certain people to schedule recordings at certain times. It's not all the time. I can't do it all the time. It happens when it happens. So I appreciate everyone rolling with that change, rolling with those punches. Uh, it's going to be more of that in 2024, but, I, you know, I'm not stopping the show. The show's going to keep going. We're going to at least at least 30 more episodes, okay? We're, we're going we're gonna to keep it rolling. 2024, we're coming for you. We're hot. We're hard. Hard. We're hard, heavy. heavy. And this show is a sentient being. If we are gone, it's still going to go. AI chat, baby. It would die exactly. It would die in the ground on fire. Absolutely. No. (laughs) We're going to bury it all. No one else puts this much work into something this this useless. Right. Right. I also just want to end uh, very, very quickly just by saying, please don't copyright me. Please stop copywriting me. What? Please stop copywriting me. Don't copyright me. I know we just sang a beautiful rendition oh, shit. of American I'm Woman. I'm so sorry. By Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. Yeah. Lenny Kravitz. Um, don't sue me, Lenny. <laughs> Lenny, please. We're please. just trying to have a nice time. I'm just trying to have a good new year. Okay. And I changed the lyrics. And I can't Your lyrics help are that better. I also want my 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 guests to have a good new year, and for the listeners to have a good new year. Continuing uh, listening to my stuff and paying our Patreon, okay? Yeah, and you have a good New Year's too, Lenny. Also, um, your daughter your did daughter a great job in the Batman. Yeah, we're not so, gonna say that. She's we're so not gonna we're not gonna get canceled. Man. Clearly, the looks Zoe. came from you, babe. Just saying, Lenny. Whew. Happy New Year's to you. Merry fucking Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Man, all right. Can we? Can we? Is it over?